When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today on the show, we have M. White joining us. Hi, M. Howdy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're super excited to talk about all your yeah. processes. Um, but before we get into the fun stuff, do you mind giving our listeners a background on who you are and how you get into photography? Sure. Patty, my name is M. I am talking to you from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I'm from rural Virginia originally. How I got into photography? That is such a big question. <laughs> it, <laughs> um, is. it is. I would say I took my first photograph um, when I was 11 or 12 under uh, the guidance of my older brother. He was in a film photography class in high school and he helped me. Oh, cool. Yeah. He helped me um, <laughs> photograph the full moon rising on our farm on our farm together it's funny because like I think about it in retrospect and it's like I was totally photographing it for the purple sky but it was a black <laughs> it was a black and white photo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I got interested in photography um probably you know in about early middle school and then I started kind of dedicating energy to it um in high school and then I've been there ever since yeah did you also take the film photography photo class that they had Actually, funnily enough, I, I went to the same high school, Tam, but I took I did digital. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. How dare you? Well, yeah, it's like I always say that like as I have like professionally progressed, I have technologically regressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I started That's okay. I like that. Yeah. I mean my first camera was like a really, 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 really dinky uh point and shoot digital. Like I don't even I don't even know if it had a brand. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then I got my first film camera when I was um, 18. It was a hand-me-down from my um, stepmom's father. Yeah. What, do you remember what it was? Nikon FG. It's my favorite still for 30, uh-huh. not of all cameras, but for 35 millimeter. It's like, yeah. it's my elusive uh, unicorn camera. I'm always trying to find it with a functioning light meter, which. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So Actually, how so how many yeah. do you have? Do you have like eight of them? <laughs> oh, that's true. I, I, have, I have my I have my first one still, which is broken now. Yeah, I feel like it was one of those situations where they're like it's more expensive to repair it than to find another. Yeah, yeah, right. And then, um, yeah, eight years later, uh, after it broke this year, I just found my second FG that I was willing to purchase for the price. Nice. <laughs> And it's got a functioning light meter. Yeah, I found it at Monument Camera in Tucson, Arizona. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy with the find. <laughs> Take us on, because I, I, I read that you you just went full-time a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Where How did that process come about? Where 
that transition? Yeah, I feel like I've always done photography for myself personally, artistically. Um, I began with 35 millimeter color, um, which I would use to just document my life just in a way I feel like now people maybe use cell phones. I would always use a 35 millimeter color camera. And um, and when I was a junior in college, um, I was studying abroad. I studied Spanish in school and I realized that I wanted to do photography. Um, well, actually backing up, I wanted to do photography when I was in high school, but I was um, somewhat discouraged from going to art school. Um, I was kind of encouraged to pursue something more academic. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, which is it's it, and it's not to say that my parents didn't value art. I think they just weren't really convinced of the job security because my stepdad is an artist, which is kind of oh. funny. And, and, <laughs> he's, and he's a, yeah, <laughs> he's a self he's a self taught artist. So I feel like it was kind of like if you're going to be an artist, you're probably going to be self taught, which is what I right. ended up becoming. But while I was in college, I realized, um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to use a Spanish sociology degree. So I um I. <laughs> I accelerated my I accelerated my graduation to graduate early and pursue photography. And um, oh, wow. cool. yeah. yeah, my first job was an unpaid job to a wedding photographer. I was an assistant yeah. to a wedding photographer who shot 120 film before it was hip. Now I feel like it's oh yeah 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 she shot <laughs> it, uh, with a, a nice creamy contacts camera, Ooh. nice glass. But yeah, I start, so I worked, um, I feel like ever since I graduated, I was hodgepodging like arts jobs where it was just like, man, I don't have a degree in photography, but I know I can take good pictures. How can I prove this to anyone? You know? And so, so I took a lot of jobs where I didn't get paid, which I would not do again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, and I gained experience working professionally with digital photography, but I was always doing film for my own art. And then, um, yeah, I was invited to an artist residency that a friend was creating. It like wasn't necessarily like a prestigious community. It was more like, hey, artist residency. Do you want to be one of the founding artists? And it was on. Um, it was going to be a fairly. Um, I don't know what the word. Uh, uh, there wasn't going to be a lot of facilities there because we were going to be constructing it. So it was going to be without running water and without electricity. And oh, so, wow. in, interesting. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was because it was weird, like, you know, and I've actually been to the residency since and it's it has electricity in the kitchen, but that's it. And still no running water. Um, It's very wonderful. It's called the Stable Project. It's in Stockbridge, Vermont. Highly recommend. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) it sounds uh, very interesting. Yeah, it is. Actually, like I recently purchased this book, which is about it's like small DIY residencies. And like this, these two people have like made little books for regions like the Northeast, the Southwest. And it's kind of cool cool. because you can be like, what environment do I want to be in? And um, it was recently featured in that book. So hoping it's going to get a little more, you know, participation. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, in 20, late 20. 13, I was invited to do this residency for 2014, the next year. And, and um, considering how one could do photography in that environment, I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to shoot film because there's no way I'm going to be able to process it. And yeah. I, I want feedback before the end of the summer. I don't want to just like shoot film all summer and then look at it later. I want kind of right. to be interacting, engaging and progressing throughout the summer. I was like, oh, I could do digital 
but that sounds completely opposite of what this experience should be. Like I imagined myself like in a tent, like being lit by a laptop screen, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, that feels wrong. So, um, I feel like, um, I frequently say I'm creative in terms of problem solving, perhaps Mm. less creative in the sense of like creating a concept. Like I couldn't be a surrealist painter, even though I wish I could. Because those ideas don't come to my brain. I'm much more reactionary to problem solving or something. And so I was like, okay, no running water, no electricity. Photography existed before both of those things. And so um, I went to the library and rented a book on historic photographic processes and found um, a process called Wet Plate Collodion, Mm. which is primarily what I utilize today for my art. Um, I use it to make... Um, it's a process from 1853. Um, I use it to make tintypes and glass negatives. And so 2014, I moved to Richmond, Virginia, because it was the closest town to family that had a community darkroom. Mm. And I joined that community darkroom right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember like the first thing I printed was like I bought glass negatives online. And so I just made contact prints from those. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to that, I had been doing, I'd made a dark room in my bedroom. Um, I'd use like super thick uh, black tarp to tarp, uh, to black out all the windows. Yep. And (laughs) um, I never had like a a first date with anyone during that time, but I always wanted to. So I could be like, (laughs) welcome to my bedroom. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> uh, oh, I just remembered. Uh, I got something yeah. to do. Yeah, I always, it never happened, but I I think it would have been great. But yeah, I, I used that dark room actually just to do dry plate, which is like a different form of doing um, images on glass and metal. It's you let the emulsion dry before you process it. So I would coat all my plates in my bedroom and load them up. And But yeah, I moved to Richmond in 2014 and I worked um, serving tables for three, 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 four years while I was doing photography just for fun, just for me. And then people started asking me to take their portrait, like friends and then a friend's friend. And then I started setting up at markets and um, and then I got a studio. And then eventually at a certain point, I felt like with serving tables, I wasn't at a point where like I was completely reliant upon photography for income, but it felt like serving tables yeah. was the, the crutch that was preventing me from like trying, yeah. like from the, yeah. full yeah. Hus- from the yep. full hustle. So in, um, I think it was 2017 was when I stopped serving tables and, um, dedicated myself to just doing photography full-time um Amazing. one caveat is i also do teach photography so i, I teach darkroom photography at a community art center and sometimes at a oh, university that's awesome yeah, yeah i get to teach uh, my favorite age group is um <laughs> uh, i think 11 to 14 i feel like you get a oh, perfect, perfect age yeah yeah, yeah. and i get <laughs> And you get to say no cell phones allowed and you're not like mean and uptight. It's just like the process. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy to think about the the age because I was 14 when I wasn't the first time I was in a dark room. Mm. There was that film photography class in high school. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the dark room is like such a sanctuary. It's like such a beautiful space for kids. I feel like especially today to connect because 
I feel like there's so much, a little bit of safety in the dark room, right? Like you're in the dark and in a way you feel less vulnerable. And I get yeah. to overhear these conversations between kids discussing really deep things and like really personal things, oh, like really, like really beautiful conversations. And I feel like it, sometimes I can get cynical because of just kind of like technology and yeah, yep, yep. you know, I make <laughs> like an old person saying that, but I sometimes get cynical and then I like hear these conversations between middle schoolers in the dark room and i'm like we're gonna be okay you yeah. Know? Yes. <laughs> we're yeah. Good. We're good. yeah but yeah so a little bit of just bouncing around that's that's the summary bouncing around <laughs> <laughs> i love, I love that it. i was yeah. gonna say like when you mentioned like today's 14 year old kids like in a dark room i feel like mm-hmm. our my generation was like okay this is photography because we were still shooting film then but for these kids now to be like what like to see a print develop they must mm-hmm. like blow their minds cool and i love that you know what i mean they're like this yeah. is so cool i'm like isn't it yeah. <laughs> i mean i i think about it where like you know like thinking about like what's cool in quotations there's always like well now specifically i feel like um nostalgia is part of it right people have like really yeah. come like used nostalgia as a, as a commodity to sell things and Definitely. yeah currently reading a book about the politics of nostalgia that's really fascinating Ooh, it's called it's got an odd name like the hours are off their clock or something like that but <laughs> by grafton turner but it was talking about just like yeah marketing through nostalgia and i was just i don't know thinking about where like right now teenagers or even college kids are maybe the first generation that don't have film photos as their childhood photos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, like I grew up looking at like film photos and Super 8 film footage of me growing up as a kid. My mom had a film camera. I'm still trying to organize her archive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, And just like thinking about where it's like, oh man, like someone who's in middle school today, there's a high probability that they have not seen film before so like film is actually not it's novel right it's novel again it's not something old in the respect of like as it would relate to you know people in their 30s and beyond yeah and it's also like with your work because i was kind of thinking of that too like when you said like our childhoods were Mm -hmm. all on film like this this time period was film Mm -hmm. and then now like it's cool again 19 year olds are shooting it today and it's like what you look at those and be like what year was this Mm -hmm. like (laughs) This 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 looks like it's from the '90s, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, like like your work like was in the 1800s, but it's not. Like it's so it's mm-hmm. like I love anachronism. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's interesting. I, I also feel like maybe like perhaps film is back, not just because it's not it's novel to like this younger generation, but also I feel like it's like a response to technology and just having this like oversaturation of digital imagery and people like i think to be limited and it's like a film role is a limit sure. you got 36 yeah. exposures mm-hmm. you know or should do like like a, a separate like little one-off where we interview like i want to like go up to like a 17 year old who's like got a film camera and be like what is it about this that you like like talk Dude. to me about film photography <laughs> <laughs> i i i feel like sometimes i i i, I still am uh, capable of being like a little bit cynical about uh, the popularization <laughs> uh, the popularization of film where the other day there's a lot of uh, work I should be doing so I'm obviously procrastinating and um, <laughs> I, 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 uh-huh. I found myself uh, at a mall for the first time in years well. and I know I I know I had an errand to return something for someone but still <laughs> 
I went into Urban Outfitters and they had plastic boxed up. It just had 35 millimeter film. It was just like a plastic 35 millimeter camera and it was plastic. And I was like, what is this world? It was like, (laughs) you know, right next to something to like hold your um, Nintendo Switch. And I was like, it's just an accessory at Urban Outfitters. Yeah. Yeah. Times have changed. Oh, yeah. 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 Look at your gear in the background. I recognize some of those cameras. (laughs) I I know. I know. (laughs) It's actually, you know, I... I had moved back home to Pennsylvania from Nashville uh, mm. a year ago, and I can't believe how much stuff I had before I moved. You know, when you move, you kind of just like purge mm-hmm. your whole life and get rid of a whole bit. And it was it was actually kind mm. of refreshing, you know, to let go of a bunch of stuff. And, and I'm like, man, I don't even I was just talking to my mom the other day. I'm like, I don't really have that many cameras anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I tried. I, like, I, I, okay. I tried that argument with my yeah, husband. Yeah. He was like, "What? <laughs> There's a hundred yeah. here." And I'm like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> yeah, I had to like make a rule Man. for myself. Like, if I'm buying a non-functional camera, it has to be like really beautiful or like mm-hmm. really rare. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, yep. I had like yep. so many. I don't know. And then, I, I, yeah, I just had so many. And I ended up just like giving them away to students. I'd be like, no promises at work. So yep. If you take it, you test it. I'm I'm not doing the work. You can have it. Yeah. <laughs> I just have that like wounded bird syndrome where I <laughs> yeah. go into like a Goodwill and there's a broken camera that is not functional at all. And it's like $1.99. I just have to get it. It's like, you're coming home and I'm going to nurse <laughs> you back to health and you're going to fly again someday, baby bird. Well, there's and- also... The aspect of the deal, a dollar ninety nine. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't say no to that. You're like it's a candy bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take it you're a medium format guy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just see all these medium formats. I, you know, him. mostly thirty five. I mean, just for convenience of fitting in a bag and being able to just mm-hmm. kind of pull it out and shoot. But I do, I do love a good medium format mm-hmm. shot. Yeah, it's it's fun. That's fun. Yeah, the bigger you go, the better, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm actually I'm actually known for saying bigger is not always better. <laughs> because specifically though, just like in respect in response to tintypes, because I feel like like within like the realm of tintype photography, people are like, Look at my big tintype and you're like, Yeah, but it's a dinky car. Yeah. Who cares? I don't know. Well, you're yeah. like I'm like, just because it's big does I mean, yeah, it was technically hard to make, but who cares? Like doesn't mm. mean it's better. But I, I, I do I do like large format photography. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like coming from Miss Eight by Ten. Yeah. My biggest camera is is 18 by 24 but <laughs> oh geez oh but wow it, but it's oh, so awesome. cumbersome that i rarely use it mm. so it's just a nice decoration piece in my studio at this point it's like mm. it's like Good a talking co- conversation yeah yeah people are like is that a camera and i'm like yeah look at it and i let like and they like <laughs> the ground glass and it's kind of fun you'd be like hop in it's, <laughs> it's almost big I, enough yeah i used to joke you could put a puppy inside of it i'd love that yeah. <laughs> you opened it and a little puppy came out <laughs> oh my god yeah oh, so every man. photographer's dream open this camera and a puppy comes oh oh hi <laughs> puppy he's touching five pillows <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah i wanted to talk to you about your studio space too because mm-hmm. that looks so cool yeah um i have a studio here in richmond um it's a storefront that's not open to the public but it's a storefront space 
But um, yeah, I utilize it kind of as like my art studio where I do my personal work, as well as a space where I do portraits for clients. Um, I have a dark room that I've built out in the back. I've been in this space. I'm going on my fourth year. It's my second studio. Yeah, I feel like if you told me four years ago, I'd still be here, I would have maybe built it out a little bit more intentionally. (laughs) I I feel like I built up my dark room like, oh, I want to do, like I created an area to do wet plate. And then two years ago, I was like, I'm going to bring in a four by five enlarger, you know? And it's like, if I'd known, I would have like maybe planned it. But it's like, once you have something, you're like, I don't want to undo that. (laughs) But but yeah, I feel very lucky to have so much room to work. Do you get a lot of people walking by and being like, what is this? Like, and then like, do you're like, let me take your portrait for. (laughs) (laughs) I do have people that walk by and say howdy from time to time. I feel like I'm usually too shy to ask to take their portrait. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I was like, come back sometime. <laughs> Where I, I feel yeah. too shy. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like I'm a portrait photographer, but I'm like pretty shy about like approaching someone to request to take their portrait until there's someone yeah. of a rapport. I feel like I'm so yeah. envious of folks who are like, hey, can I take your picture? And I'm like, sometimes I'll go out and shoot with friends with like an outgoing friend. And I'm like, and they'll ask. That's and the best. I, I yeah. love when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yep, yep. I don't know why. I feel like it's because like I'm somewhat of a private person. So I'm sensitive to the concept of someone else asking me where I feel like I'd be like, oh, oh, sure, you know, like, sure. <laughs> but but it, yeah, it's fun. Like when I um, teach when I teach younger kids, you know, we'll go on photo walks together and we'll have a talk in advance about like if you take someone's picture you have to ask first like I'm not I don't really like to promote I feel like cell phones promote this culture of it's totally okay to like film or photograph anyone and it usually I feel like it's at the expense of the person the anonymous person that you're photographing right you're like look at this person with their dog in a stroller which I would totally do by the way but it's like uh, (laughs) my dog tore ACL you know so it's functional yeah Uh, but but it's like so we talk about you have to ask permission and it's always so refreshing going on a walk with kids because they just like walk up to the person and they're like hey can I take your picture and wow you know no fear fear. yeah (laughs) I feel like the best and and they frequently get a yes honestly and um i feel like with film photography people are actually more comfortable saying yes because there's less of this fear that perhaps it's going to go online uh-huh. right or but yeah every once in a while someone does say no and i feel like but they always say it so kindly like an like an yeah. o- like an older woman was like I can't let you because I'm wanted in 50 states. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Best answer. I know. You're like, thank you for gently letting us down. That's great. Yeah. 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 And I, and it, yeah, it's funny. I feel like like a lot of my favorite photographers growing up are street photographers. And so it's a little bit funny that I'm shy with that. Like my first favorite photographer was Robert Duaneau for some reason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just like loved the humor of his street photography. Um, I don't know if I would classify him as one of my favorites today, but that was kind of the first person who got me interested in photography, oddly enough. Man, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, And then you think of people like Bruce Gilden, where he's just like shoving the camera in somebody's face. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's incredible work, but it's so like abrasive. And and there's just something about it that kind of I mean, I guess that's his thing, though, that unsettling feeling you get when you look at his work. It's like, (sighs) I could never do yeah. that. I could never do yeah. that. But it's cool that someone can. 
yeah. <laughs> right exactly exactly there's somebody there to tell that story yeah i was just watching um i know do you you saw uh ben's latest video where the kyle and and them oh yeah where they're in new york asking yeah people and they, for they made it look yeah, so easy yeah. i mean who knows how many knows they got that he cut out of the video mm-hmm. but everybody mm-hmm. like everybody wanted to like tell their life story like Everybody was like so down. I was like, man, maybe it's not as scary as I'm making it out to be. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's interesting because like I've I usually like I feel like in like being somewhat like tension adverse, a lot of the places I photograph in my personal work are landscapes, and I end up going to rather secluded places, not because I'm intentionally avoiding people, but it's like I don't know when you're like out with a eight by ten or four by five camera, it immediately demands quite a bit of attention. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You know, so I'll photograph a lot within the city of Richmond. And every time I I have people who come up and they ask questions, everyone's always kind, right? It's always kind energy. You know, I'll have a family that'll ask to take a selfie with the camera. Stuff like that. You know, where you're like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. And so recently I've been trying to like push myself to be like, okay, like you can, like I usually like, I used to be like, oh, I'm going to go to the river when I know nobody's there, right? Like, I know no one's going to be there at 9 a.m. on Monday. But it's like, oh, but I really want the light at 9 p.m. on Friday, right. uh, 9 p.m. when people are swimming and drinking beer and playing with their dogs. I want that light. Yeah. And so I've actually Ooh, I've started yeah. going during those times and setting up and just being like, I don't care. You know, and a part yeah. of like, oh, are these people... <laughs> Are these people going to be uncomfortable that, that they're being photographed? But everybody's, I feel like it's like a party energy. And um, I've been really liking yeah. the images. So it's encouraging, like a positive feedback. Loop. Like, okay, I can yeah. do it again. I can do it again. So I'm slowly getting over it, I would say. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I love, I, I miss taking my my four by five out. When I when I lived down in Nashville, I would take the four by five out. And like you said, it just demands attention. People are like, is that a Civil War mm-hmm. camera? And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cheat film and it's fun and it's this. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, and, and even like medium format yep. too. You know, you walk around with a Mamiya RB67 and everyone's like, is that a Hasselblad? And it's like, no, but it's kind of close. And then you show them the viewfinder mm-hmm, yeah. and they're like, blown away yeah. by it and, and then you get the old they still make film for that every you know, time that, the, <laughs> uh-huh, every time i feel like i'm always like i'm making my own film in my car yeah <laughs> but, but i do shoot i do shoot actually quite a bit of uh large format film as well i just um i feel like sometimes oh, okay i was gonna ask yeah. you that yeah yeah i shoot a ton of 35 still it's like my daily photographs like um mm-hmm. if i ever travel i almost I try to not take any phone pictures because ultimately I don't have the energy to go through the digital clutter. And so I just try to, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I used to, yeah, I used to try to like de- take 10 minutes to delete the clutter every day. And I, that lasted like a week, but yeah, um, it's too much, <laughs> but I do, I, I shoot 35 millimeter as like, kind of like, I'm always, I don't know, like to be my, my albums. And so like, I'll print all my 35 millimeters and I'll create albums with them just because I, I think tangible photography is important to hold on to. I've recently been trying to make four by five, my casual photo. And so, Ooh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I've, so I've been like, I've done two trips this year where I've flown with my um, large format film and my camera and just trying to kind of get more comfortable being like, this is casual. And so I've, I've got a little backpack that my four by five, I have a press camera that fits into and the tripod straps onto it. And so I've been just bringing it with me and I'll 
set up in the street for one picture and then keep going. And I've just been trying to yeah. get comfortable with that. And it's, yeah, and I'm always like really jazzed on the pictures. So that's yeah. like, a, yeah. And I use a film that's really cheap. So that's why it, it feels okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. shoot exclusively two types of film only, which is funny. Uh, like the only film I shoot is film that I can develop myself just because I'm in, I'm in okay. patience, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I shoot um, Provia 100F. So I, I do E6. I do, I do E6 processing because I don't want to, it's very expensive to make someone else do it. So it's the yeah. only, um, I don't, it's the only pro color processing I've ever tried actually. Oh, well, really? Interesting. Yeah, just because huh. it was, I was like, whoa, $12 for one sheet of film? That's wild. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. um, so I do E6 and then I do um, ortho lift film, which you can develop under safe lights by inspection. Whoa. Okay. So that's like a positive, right? Like a positive paper? Mm, it's negative. No? Yeah. It's I mean, ortho lift. No. It's like, it, oh, it is yeah, it's like most uh, ortho. Oh, I'm going to give away my secret. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Uh -oh. It's going to sell out. No, but, <laughs> but I mean, but, but truly like, so like ortho, ortho lift film, I shoot it because it's the same. It has the same light sensitivity as collodion, which is blue light sensitive and UV light sensitive. Okay. So like the way that like mm -hmm. it translates the color to black and white is pretty specific. So essentially like blue tones are going to show up as the whites in an image, whereas it's insensitive to red. So a red will be black. Right. And oh, so, okay. and so yeah. like plants are very dark. It's not very common to get clouds in the sky, you know, that type of thing because yeah. of the way that it translates color tone. And I feel like from like shooting collodion for so long, I see the world on orthochromatic translation. And that's what I want. It's like hard for me. Other black and white profiles. I'm like, it's not moody enough. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But because orthochromatic film is not sensitive to the red light spectrum, it can be developed under a safe light. And so. Oh, cool. Wow. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's technically, I think it's like copy film, right? It's like, it's a film that's like very high. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's like very yeah. high contrast, but you can actually play with your chemistry to have a full tonal gradient. And that's what I do. Yeah, I like develop everything right. by inspection. So it's kind of this way that I can cheat and never expose right. Because I, I always, <laughs> you know, like if I overexpose it, I just like throw it in the stop bath. And it's like, ah, yeah. Versus like, cool. Yeah, like Man. a roll of film, it's a crapshoot, right? You're developing it all at the same it time. Is. And yep. I mean, I do know how to technically do it correct. I teach people how to. I just, yeah, I just don't. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't do it. <laughs> and I love how it looks. <laughs> I feel like it's like, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I'm very. I'm more interested in imagery that's a little bit more convoluted. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay if the image is foggy. I don't. I love fog. I love, yeah, artifacts. I love when things get See, I'm, up. I'm the same way with that stuff yeah. yeah 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 i love like the imperfections of the whole the whole thing like that's probably one of my favorite aspects of film like because you can't do that stuff with digital unfortunately i mean you i guess you could you if, if you're you like don't a clean photoshop your, if you, wizard if you don't clean your sensors like let all the yeah. <laughs> or you spend like hours photoshopping yeah but, i yeah. mean i don't have time for that but, i mean i like <laughs> before i shoot film i'll like put my fingers all over it i'm like I'll like I'll like mm -hmm. fold it up and unfold it. I like don't want it to be clean <laughs> because I feel like I can't. I, I feel like I can achieve it clean so many other ways. And it's like 
The reason I I shoot large format is like, I love the way that the, I love the ability to manipulate every aspect of the the mechanics. And so I love being able to play with tilt shift and being able to play with my bellows and just like that shallow depth of field. And yeah, man, that's, that's what I, that's what I love about Sally Mann because she just yeah, does not give yeah, yeah. a crap about her collodion work. Like she's just like I'm terrible at it. She's you not. Know? She's <laughs> and then not you look terrible. at her work. She knows exactly what she's yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of her. Yeah, a lot of it's intentional. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have any plans for the future of your work? Like, are you trying to do any books or any sort of projects? Do you have anything cooking right now? Like, what's what's the future looking like for you? <laughs> yeah. Man. So yeah, it's interesting. I feel like in like doing art photography, at least in my experience, I I was always chasing like this idea of like a solo show, right? Like when you do a solo show, like you've made it. And, um, you know, solo shows are amazing and wonderful, but they like, they actually have this limitation, right? Of geography, like who can go and be in the space with the work. Wow. And um, I had my first solo exhibition last spring and it was wonderful was a great experience um it was also a lot of work right and so um it's like a lot of work where it felt like it dominated like everything that I like stopped producing new work to work on creating this show and um following that I was like you know what next thing I want to do is a book that's what I'm interested in playing with is I think books are amazing because you can have this tangible object in your person geography is not a constraint and I I I also like kind of like lower stakes, more casual work. So I'm playing also with zines. Uh, my partner and I have like a little zine collab. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, they add kind of like words and drawings and I'll do photos. And it's Perfect. kind of this. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like a lot of the work I'm known for is large format black and white photography. And a lot of my favorite work is this color work I do. A lot of it's 35 millimeter. And I'm like, oh, how does it fit in? You know? Yeah, Not- I hate. That's such a struggle. Yeah, and it's <laughs> to just like, like make your work fit in the right place. Yeah, and I feel like I struggle so much with like, you know, like a lot of photographers whose work I love is like casual work, like William Eggleston, right? It's like this casual imagery, yeah. and I do mm-hmm. imagery that's in the same style, this casual colorful 35 millimeter i love it and then i'm like oh but how does it work or how can i justify that this is art and not just my daily snapshots and so i've been using zines as my outlet to share kind of perfect that that imagery just to because it's like i don't know what i if it has to be anything bigger but it's i love what the i love the images so that's what i've been playing with and then yeah so i want to work on a, a book and then zines I'm part of like some group shows, but I don't think I want to do a solo exhibition for a hot second because yeah. I feel like there's like potential to do something so cool in a, an exhibition to make it like this immersive experience. And that's what I want to do next. And and I, I want to have the space and time to dedicate to that. But yeah. first, I could see that. I could see that totally yeah. consuming. Every, I don't know how like, you know, Alex Soth does it where he drops like a book and a huge project and then a show and then like, I, I just don't. I, I'm not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Or maybe not. You know, what I mean, he, I mean, I think some people are prolific, and I feel like sometimes also like it depends on the way that you make work. Where like for me, the way I'm making work is I'm doing it all analog processes. I'm doing it all in the dark room, and so for me to make a print, I'm not undermining the amount of like time, work, and skill it takes to do a digital print. 
But for me to make like a 20 by 24 gelatin silver print, it's going to take me a long time to print it, to get it right from like you print it and then it dries down and then it's darker and then you reprint it. And then you have to, you have to, you have to flatten it. Then you have to mount it. Then you have to frame it. It's like, I feel like in the show you get consumed actually with these finishing aspects that to me are somewhat superfluous to art making. So that's why I kind of want to make a book to not care about presentation of a frame, for example. Right. Plus COVID, it's like not the right time to have a really awesome, like, so you want people to be able to come and not be scared. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, and I think like the next show I do, I want it to be a little bit more of a, um, like an immersive experience. Like in this exhibition I did last spring, I had, I did a lot of darkroom prints just it was majority like gelatin silver prints on the walls but then I had a little back room which was like my little experimental (laughs) it was like a a light installation where I did um layered I did glass positives where I layered them so that wow and I did duplicate imagery so I layered them so that it almost was like a 3d holographic stereoscopic weird what's happening and um, I mounted them on the wall. When you walked by, they'd light up. So it's like illuminated ambrotypes. Oh, yes. um, what? <laughs> yeah. And then I like layered glass negatives on top of each other on pr- overhead projectors and projected them on the wall. But I'd like spin them so that they would have these like kind of trippy optics. And, it, and I just had fun with that because I feel like so much of collodion is a lot of it is beautiful, but it's like people who are really interested in like detail and precision and like tonal range and uh, perfect like there's I think collodion is divided in half there's people who want like perfect imagery they want it to be like synonymous with film but somehow better because it was made by hand yeah and then there's people who are like I love the like the the imperfections and um I just had a lot of fun completely undermining like the historical aspect (laughs) and just doing nice just doing something weird and um So I want to do that on a bigger scale, and then I want to accompany yeah. sound recordings. Ooh! But yeah, that'll be in a few years, if ever. I feel like there's like four shows in my head that I've talked yeah. about for years. <laughs> it's gonna be a good day when you get to when you get to fulfill those. Yeah. Those, yeah. Yeah. I just need to like move to the move to like a rural retreat for two years. So I can't talk to anyone. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. I distract myself very easily and and joyfully. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you, do you teach workshops as your, as you, or do you, is that also through like the school? Uh, I do both ways. Um, I'll teach workshops through community art center, um, which I really enjoy doing because I think it makes these processes financially accessible. Um, It's like a community arts nonprofit. And for $125, you can do a tin type workshop you know, versus um, a one-on-one workshop is pricier because uh, yeah. it is. But I, and I, I do teach private workshops sometimes at my, stu- my studio, but I actually try to encourage people to go to the community arts center because I think, honestly, a collaborative learning environment is enriching. There's something you can't really manufacture in a one-on-one where it's like, it's, I think it's really beautiful when students troubleshoot together, when they create together, yeah. when they pose for each other. But I do I do private workshops sometimes, but I try to push everyone to the community arts center. Yeah, I would love to take a workshop. Yeah, that's come what on I'm down. Saying. I've been, want, I've been wanting to do the collodion thing for a pretty long time. I and, know. Yeah, you, you said you're in Pennsylvania. 
Where in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Central, like right near Hershey. So right, kind of right in the middle. I think we're about, I, I've been to Richmond a couple times. I used to have some friends that lived there. So I think it's like three and a half hours, four hours okay. away from here. That's doable. Yeah. Because you're, clo- you're close to D.C., right? Isn't, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Isn't like an Richmond hour near and a half below. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But there, there's a there's a very knowledgeable clothing guy in Pittsburgh. Um, in Pittsburgh, okay. Yeah, so I, I think that's a, that's about the same amount of. Oh, it's like I have no yeah. concept of Pennsylvania geography. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually pretty big. It's a pretty I know. Big state. You're like what? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. My brother and sister-in-law live in D.C., so now I'm like, well, if that's I cool. go and visit them, <laughs> yeah, come say howdy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Rich, Richmond's beautiful too. Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous. I love it there. No mountains, but we got river. Rivers are good. Tim, yeah. we should take the workshop together. Yeah, yeah let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, I think also like the other fun part about workshops, like right now, I'm teaching a class that's just intro to the dark room, but it's really fun because in it, I have like a cool like mid twenties person who's like been shooting color but wants to know how to do their own dark room prints you know and then i've got like a few other folks and then you know i have a woman who's in her um late 70s yeah and perfect and and she did film um i don't know like decades ago and it's like so fun to have this variety of like relationships to the medium in the same space creating together Mm. and they also like share so much knowledge and information where it's like this older woman i'm teaching has i'm sure an abundant amount of knowledge that i also don't have and so yeah, I really like teaching for just those aspects, like the community that forms. I would totally take a workshop just to like get, you know, get out of a funk or just like totally, I, you know, I remember how to do this. I know how to do this, but I like want to do it with other people and I want to like, yeah, learn the, like get back to the roots, you know, like I, I, I miss like going to seminars and stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah. So yeah, much. I, I try to take workshops every, like every few years. Like I feel like I'm primarily self-taught in photography where I didn't go to school for it. Um, I took one film class in college and, uh, or one black and white darkroom class in college. And then after that, I'm primarily self-taught with a workshop here or there. So I'll teach myself a process. And then when I hit a wall of like two years yeah. of the same problem, <laughs> I'm like, let me go to the expert. You know? <laughs> um, and it's, it's always fun, you know, where you're like, just kind of like the different things like I'll, I'll kind of take a workshop on anything like I took a yeah. lumen workshop you know chromoscedastic sabatier I did a, I did a, wow. a, a I did a spirit photography workshop which was really fun it was wet plate oh, collodion but it was covering um the processes of um the spiritualist and the 18 or you know basically like how can you create the optical illusion of ghosts in an image? Yeah. yeah. That was Oh, wow, that's so cool. Take, <laughs> so cool. They do still offer it. They offer it once a year at the Eastman house um, in Rochester, New York. Awesome. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it are. Uh, yeah. I, I could just talk about spiritual spirit photography forever, but um, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love, I, I think one of the things I love about spirit photography is that the trickery is so acknowledged, you know, cause I feel mm. like in, um, and so I feel like every photograph is actually a manufactured image, right? It's, it's imbued yeah, yeah. with the bias of the photographer and the participants. And I feel like I love that spirit photography is like, yup, we are manufacturing this image. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though historically people did not think it was manufactured, which is, yeah. 
awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Like, I didn't even know surreal. that existed. I didn't <laughs> even know surreal. that existed. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to give you a two minute summary. Spirit photography was like really prominent in like the 1880s and 90s following the Civil War. People would go to like a, a portrait studio and hope to have in the picture the ghost of a loved one. And there was wow. like, and so it was like kind of part of that spiritualism movement. People are trying to reconnect a lot of loved ones lost during the Civil War. And so, you know, you'd sit for a portrait and like the photographer would do trickery uh, after the fact, right? And it would, but I, I don't know what they would do, be like, tell me about your son. But like in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah. they would have, they would have ghosts in the image. So if you Google William H. Mumler, you'll find he's very famous for, there's a portrait of Mary Todd Lincoln and the ghost of Abe Lincoln is behind her <gasps> in the image. No way. Yeah. And this guy was brought to trial for fraud, I think hundreds of times. Oh, sure. <laughs> never charged Good. never charged yeah. but um wild yeah oh, it's so cool that's crazy yeah so i uh, i did this workshop just to, i was like how did i do it and it's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, he never gave up his tricks so unsure if this is how he did it but it's like okay what are different ways that you can create optical illusions right. of spirits like ectoplasm and stuff like that and oh, holy so cow cool yeah, I'm it's going really, on a deep dive today. Do it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it's I know. Really, it's really fascinating. Um, really, really yeah. fascinating. Poor, say poor Mary Todd Lincoln. <laughs> hey, but, but she perhaps thought it was real, right? His ghost is with her. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you like bring some people peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if it if if the session gave me what I was hoping for, I wouldn't question it. Yeah. I think. Me either. Yeah. But it is so very interesting. Sad. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have people who ask me to do spirit portraits a lot, but I, I really, um, but I decline. Wow. I decline. Yeah, yeah. Just because I have some, I have some like portraits on my wall at my studio, and people always ask, and I'm like, the magician never gives away their tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It wouldn't be any fun if you knew how it was all done. But yeah, yeah, yeah deep dive it. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm think about to. like that time period. Like, why would you not believe it? It's right there. Proof is right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I think like <laughs> you know? culturally, wasn't there was some type of like revivalism happening, and like everybody yeah. was like on that tip. I'm not educated on that part as much, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, yeah, fun. But yeah, I do. I do love workshops. Basically, is the yes the thing. But yeah, Great. I'm ready to get out to some workshops. We'll be right back with listener question for M right after this message from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just wanted to hop in real quick and let you guys know about our Develop and Hang Nights. Now this is a Patreon-only exclusive. We develop some film, we hang out, we have fun, we talk shop, we laugh. We've done a ton of these already. It's a bunch of fun. Patreon is the best way to help support the show. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Thanks, guys. 
All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Ivan Gonzalez. And they want to know, what is most challenging about large format? Does it ever discourage you? Howdy, Ivan. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Ivan. I would say maybe one of the most challenging parts of large format is somewhat how cumbersome the cameras can be. You know, they're very, Mm. they're large cameras, they're heavy cameras, typically... You can't hold a camera and take a picture, even though I know they used to back in the day. I don't know yeah, how they crazy. did it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you watch Roman Holiday and he's taking pictures with his four by five and you're like, how do you get that in focus? But right. um, <laughs> yeah, I would say maybe like the one of the more challenging parts of large format is how cumbersome the equipment is and just somewhat having to be reliant upon a tripod. Sometimes that can be discouraging because it limits my ability for where I can set up, you know, not mm. everything, it, not every environment is hospitable to a tripod. And additionally, sometimes, you know, it's not, it's, it's not frequently that it's a quick photograph, right? Like I'm not able to do these like spur of the moment snapshots. And so sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's like, oh, do I want to take out my camera and set it up and put it on the tripod and, and frame it? I think, I think another, I would say like the second most difficult element of large format is the framing of an image, just because the image is horizontally flipped and upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, sometimes, sometimes it takes me like more than 10 minutes. Like I can see it with my eyes and then in the camera, I'm like, where the heck did that picture go? Yeah. So yeah. I'll, get, I'll get frustrated. I'll like throw a cloth on the ground. I'm like, ah, where did it go? <laughs> you know, you're like, I can see it. Where is it in the camera? But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, an artist I really admire was quoted as saying, the hardest part is showing up and setting up and believing that it there's an image there. And so whenever I, I try to push myself where I'm like, if I see something to take the picture, because even despite the inconvenience of the equipment and the frustration and framing, because I'm like, I see it, I want to take the picture, I'm probably going to like it. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes I, I actually can't frame it how I want to frame it. And, I, you know, after 10 minutes, I'm like, screw it. This is yeah. fine. Over I'm going to take, yep. yeah. take it and see what it looks like. And then I get it back and I'm like, hot damn, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I would say, yeah, but the hardest part I would, is just the cumbersomeness of the equipment and how that also manifests in framing the image. Yeah, but... You almost have to be like in the mood for it. Yeah, it's not something insurmountable. Yeah, I feel like I've been like spending years trying to train myself to have a casual relationship with large format so that I'm not discouraged by this aspect. So... Right. Dude, that's, that's a great line right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think it's training yourself, right? Because you can, everything has its own set of challenges. And so if this challenge mm. is, is the, the equipment, it's like, we'll make it so that the equipment isn't hard so that it's easy. And you, you asked me right. earlier about if I had my dark room still in my car and that kind of yeah. relates where it's like, uh, I do, I primarily work out of a dark room in the back of my car. I should let listeners know that this dark room is specifically for collodion. It's not you don't do anything in it like processing right, right, film right. or processing prints. It's just, uh, it's literally a light tight space where I can process yeah. Uh, yeah. tintypes. But yeah, one of the things about that was I wouldn't take casual tintypes ever because of the cumbersome setup, right? 
I used to have like a folding table that I put next to my car and I had a big wooden box and I would put all my chemistry in it and I would, you know, and it's like, damn, for that setup, it's got to be really worth it. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, it's got to be like a really good photo. And I, um, I was like, well, I don't want that. Like I want, I want to be able to play. I want to be able to play. Yeah. And so I, I spent a lot of time kind of honing in my mobile setup so that it's as little work as possible so that it's like ready to go in my car. And so mm, now yeah. I have a setup that is hidden in my car going back to being somewhat shy. I don't want people to yeah. <laughs> pull over and be like, what's she doing on this yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy setup? So I have something that fits in the back of my car. I have like a old CRV. So I just open the back door and I've got my little so thing cool. there and I've like set up, I have my setup. So the flow like, setup is two minutes set breakdown is two minutes so that it's like it's like okay if it's a five minute round trip picture i'll do it you know yeah and so because of and a lot of my favorite images are those images that i've done like a broken fence over uh over a stream you know i don't know Mm, this this like before i did collodion i was always saying i I'm an awful driver because I'm so distracted. I'm always looking at <laughs> on what's either on either same, side. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So it's like, and, and, and I used to pull over all the time to photograph things on the side of the road, especially growing up in rural Virginia, you know, it's chock full of compelling images. And so I, yeah. um, I made this setup in the back of my car so that I could still do like a drive by photograph essentially. So mm, essentially smart. the Very moral smart. story is, Equipment can be cumbersome, but you can make it not, you can change your relationship to it being cumbersome. So that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. Because it's like, great great answer. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Creating makes me happy. So if I can get rid of the barrier in between Mm -hmm. what makes me doing what makes me happy and not, I'm going to do that. Like I said, creative with problem solving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, love ha- I mean, you have to be when you're when you're lugging so, something like that around. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times, like our biggest barrier to creating is just our head where we're like, it's going to be hard. And it's like, yep. well, yep. is does something being hard make it bad? It doesn't. Right. Like a lot of times right. it being hard. I think hard, that brings such a greater reward, you know, like when you when yeah. you do. Yeah. Plus, plus it's it's. I'd rather have it that way than a lot of times. I'll be like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring that out, whatever. And then, then I'll spend my time convincing myself why, like, it's okay that I missed that shot because, like, I don't need it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> which is like, I don't want to be in that space. I want to be in the space where, like, yeah, I busted it out and I got the shot and it was worth it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So. Sometimes I'll do that where, like, I'll spend a lot of time being like, it's fine. Yeah. It's. it's- <laughs> but then, but then, like. A few days later, I'm like, oh, I'm going back. Yeah. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. I feel like it's like a similar test to like, I don't know. This is going to sound very superficial, but like, I don't know, uh, an article of clothing where you're like, oh, I don't need that kind of expensive, uh-huh. really beautiful thing. And then like five days later, you're still thinking about it. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> you know, and you're like, if it's still at the store, it's fake. Yeah. I, I should get yeah. it. <laughs> and I feel so like. True. <laughs> You know, it's fate somehow. And I think yeah. like with a shot where you're like, oh, if you find yourself thinking about it three days later, it means it was compelling or to you. Right. Yeah. So just go, go take it. But, but every once in a while, yeah. But every once in a while also, I feel like I've had to also train the brain to think about it less. Like 
Yeah. Like I lost a whole roll of film recently. Oh no. It was a really important roll of film. (laughs) It was like, I went to my grandma's hometown for the first time in coastal Italy. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I can't go back and retake those images. Yeah. And I've like, and it's like, man, I gotta like retrain myself to like stop thinking about it because it's not there. That's the, the heartbreak of the film. But, um, I, I I do now. We've all been there too. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And I feel like though, it's like you always learn a lesson, right? So this lesson yep. was yeah. do not process. Okay, everyone, do not process <laughs> color slide film with old chemistry. It never works. Oh. It never oh. works. Been there too. It never been works. There too. Yeah. Nope. Uh-uh. Ever, ever. Yeah. I was like, maybe it'll work. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> See, mistakes like that, then I'll like, Oh man, I go into like, what am I even doing? I'm not even a photographer. Why do I use these old chemicals? Yeah, I'm an idiot. I know. <laughs> and I feel like ultimately, like most of those mistakes go back to like the place of laziness. And you're yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. like, God damn it, or impatient. <laughs> Where you're yep. like, yeah. I, I should have just waited for the new kit to come in the mail, but I wanted to see the photos now, and now I'll never see them. Ever. Yep. <laughs> you know? It's fine. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Obviously yes. over it. <laughs> yeah, totally over it. I've been there. I've been there before. Yes. It's fine. You ride that wave too many too close, Timothy. He's always like, These are fine. I'm like Yeah, the last time we did or maybe it wasn't the last time, but one of the times we did our we do like a develop and hang with our Patreons Mm -hmm. and I was using uh C forty one chemicals that were like 1.2 1.2 years old i was like i'm oh just gonna gosh. i'm gonna roll the dice <laughs> i'm gonna roll the dice and see it. what happened <laughs> it worked oh, they worked oh, oh, wow. and then i done then i got rid of them right after that i was yeah, like i'm t- never yeah <laughs> that's nice yeah. yeah it was it was well good it was for crazy. you just kidding yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's fun man yeah the hot the heartbreak sometimes though heartbreak. is real yeah, I feel like like when teaching teaching kids, we all develop like their first role together, and I'm always like, yeah. please don't have a blank role, please don't have a blank role, yeah, please yeah, don't have a blank yeah. role, you know. And uh, it hasn't happened to me yet. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Good, good, yeah. good. I uh, my husband my husband recently got into shooting film, and he got a blank role once, and he was like. What did I do? And I was like, "Welcome to photography. You're officially initiated <laughs> to film photography." You're like, "Well, let's start with the camera." And- yeah, let's yeah. start. Let's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of cameras, yes. we have our two-part camera question that everybody just loves so much. Part one of said camera question is the desert island camera. Is there one camera that you just cannot live without? We might already know what it is, but. We got to ask. Well, <laughs> can I be somewhat annoying and say maybe it's less about the camera for me than the lens? Ooh. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I would say if I had to say a full camera package, right? I would say yeah, yes. a B&J Watson press camera 4x5. That would be mm. my go-to camera. Ooh. That was my first large format camera and it's still my favorite. It has so much movement to it. It's small. It boxes right up flat. And then the lens I would go for, it would be a, a, a Zeiss Tessar lens, like 150, Ooh. like a 1901 lens. 
Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very annoying though to be like my lens is my choice. But this is this is my favorite lens. I feel like everything looks better through it. And I used to not think it mattered this much, but this lens really is a game changer for me. Uh, yeah. I love those old lenses too. It just they were made differently. You know, they didn't yeah. have the crazy coatings that everything has now. And yeah. Yeah. This one though is like it's it's like a sweet spot where it's, I don't know if it's coded or not actually, but it, um, it does have, um, a shutter and an aperture, but it's, so you have kind of some of that, his, like the odd aberration, but less, uh, less distortion and the ability to like do timed exposures. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a great great answer. answer. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Nikon FG. <laughs> that's great. If 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 I was if the desert island was like really hot and I was concerned about overexertion, I would choose the Nikon yeah. FG for portability. Nice. Nice. With there a, you go. With a fifty millimeter yes. prime. Oh, I love a fifty. Ooh. I'm a fifty guy too. Yeah. 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 But yeah, only if environmental constraints came yes, into play. Yes. all right so part two is the white whale is there a camera that you know you've been lusting after and just never had a chance to shoot or maybe you did shoot it but you just you know you want you you need this camera in your in your quiver of cameras is there is there any out there that you've you know you just can't can't live without i would say I don't have a white whale. Oh, just I feel like that's good. I feel like I love I like love my large format camera. I love it. And it's not the most fancy or the greatest, but I really love it. Uh, But um, if I had to like think of a camera that I would like to have the opportunity to play with, it would be a medium format camera with a um, that is not twin lens reflex. I've mm. only shot medium format on twin lens reflex. Oh, interesting. Oh, huh. Yeah, I have I have a uh, Prince flex, which is like a Japanese Roloflex kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was my second camera. I went. My progression was thirty-five millimeter, one twenty, four by five, five by seven, yeah. eight by ten. <laughs> I just really, I just really climbed the ladder very yeah, yeah. strategically. Yeah. But I've always shot. I, I love one twenty. I think it's beautiful. I love how creamy it is. Yeah. A lot yeah. of that, I think, is ter- is actually the cameras and the lenses rather than necessarily the film. But I would love the opportunity to shoot. Like, I've never played with, um, like, a contact or um, what's the 121 that everyone talks about? The only one they know, a Hasselblad. I've never yep. played with a yep. Hasselblad. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it'd be really fun to just play with that. Definitely. So it's not really a very exotic white whale, but... Uh, hey, it's a like, good answer. Oh, yeah. 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 Also, speaking of white whales, did you know that white sharks are the same as great white sharks? I did not. I didn't. No. I know nothing about yeah. oceans <laughs> and animals <laughs> in them. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, I, I listened to a podcast recently about the, the white shark problem in the eastern coast of the United States. Interesting. So, huh. uh, yeah. <laughs> Just a side note. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Like Provincetown, Cape Cod, there's tons of white sharks because they've really uh, repopulated their seal population. Oh, okay. So, Whoa. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole time I was listening to the podcast, I was like, is this a sign of a great white? And it is. <laughs> wow. So huh. now, now you know. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. I, I would like, I think I would like a, 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 a casual shooter 120. Yeah. Great answer. That's a good yeah. answer. 
Yeah. I just picked up the Hasselblad. And when you were talking about things being upside down and backwards, I'm still not like, I look in there and I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, I can't get these frame lines right. And then I take the photo. I'm like, yeah, it's crooked. I knew it. <laughs> You'll get yeah. used to it the more yeah. you use it. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. I give, I give, I let my like nieces and nephews play with my 120 camera. I'm always like, isn't it cool? I was like, this is how light refracts oppositionally. <laughs> the whole world is actually this way, but our brains. Oh, it. yes. Wow. And they're like, what? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good answer. I like it. Yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I see like you have a medium format camera that I was gifted that I've never played with. Those big ones with the bellows. The one, is it like a Mamiya C Oh, these C guys. Something? Yeah, I have yeah. a oh, yeah, the yeah, C220 yeah. and the C330. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're fun. They're The lenses are insane on those. Yeah, I was gifted one of those and I use it as a book cap because it's so heavy. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Mamiya is legendary. Yeah, they're like Mamiya is that's like their thing. I think they want you to heavy cameras. Yeah, it's like you can use it as a camera or you can anchor your boat with it. It's it's one of the (laughs) two. I have never used it because I'm like, this is insane. I'm going to use my smaller 120. Yeah, yeah. And I feel a little guilty about it. You should. You should take it out once because you will be like, oh my goodness. Like, look at that. Wow. I thought you were like, you should feel guilty. You should feel guilty about <laughs> not using that camera. <laughs> but, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, recently, um, I recently did buy a camera for pure beauty recently. Oh, Ooh. nice. Yeah. <clears throat> it's called a Contessa Nettle, and it's a wooden camera. It looks very similar to, um, you know, like the land cameras, how they – they like uh-huh. they extend through mm-hmm. that mechanism. Yeah. It's that same type of extension and mechanism and shape, but it's wooden with leather bellows. Wow. With a Zeiss lens on oh. the front. I gotta look that up. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I got it from an estate sale. I've oh. never I've mm. never had a lucky estate sale. It was my first one. And mm, congrats. Uh, That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. First one, at, like I, a friend sent me a link and was like, there's a lot of cameras in this estate sale. And I was like, oh, woo, God. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right there. I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah, oh. I bought like the crates of camera parts. I went to town. Yes. Oh, that's and great. Then I, and then I learned that they have like all these add ons for like, like uh, buyer's fees. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> So I uh, learned that lesson. Uh, read the fine print yeah. of what you're bidding on. Uh-huh. But that's cool. I don't regret. Oh, yeah. I, no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. Sweet. Yeah, the Contessa Nettle. She, she's beautiful. Yeah, I'm looking that one. Yeah, it's up. like a, a 1920s yeah. camera. And uh, and you know what? I might be okay with it just being decoration. Yeah. Which I've always okay. poo pooed at. Yeah. <laughs> they are like listen. There are they're works of art. Yeah. Really. They really like, are. I love. Yeah. Part of why I collect so much is because I just think they're beautiful, you know? I feel like the only reason I poo-poo on them as being framed as decoration pieces is because I do feel like that is what leads to these, like, inappropriately augmented prices. Yeah, it is. You're like, yes. it is. You're like, you're like, you're selling, a, like, an 8x10 camera that's full of mold that's, like, yeah. got 
broken bellows because it will be good decoration mm-hmm. and, and, right. and you're selling it for like way more than yeah. it, sh- it would yep. go for i was like just because it's old doesn't mean it's valuable <laughs> yep right but i'm usually saying that when i'm upset because i want it uh-huh oh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i see that a lot we uh, my stepdad and i we we kind of have a booth together at an antique place where we sell you know mm. just order cameras and stuff and there's a couple booths that just have stuff that is very cool like really really neat camera stuff but the prices are insane and of course they have like firm written at the bottom like they are not budging on and you know those cameras have been yeah. sitting there since we've been going and that's so like that's 10 years right. you know like yeah they're stuff not gonna yeah. budge off the shelf if they're not gonna budge in price exactly like, <laughs> yeah come on Come on, people. I would do that maybe on like an emotional item. That exactly. I'm like, yes. Where, where I'm like, yeah, I don't want to sell it, but I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'll charge way too much for it. Well, that's what Joey, yeah. <laughs> Joey from Awesome Cameras, I was he gonna does say, that all the time. Yeah. It's like he just puts it at a ridiculous price because he doesn't want to sell it. And then when it does sell, it's like, OK, <laughs> all right. Can't say no to that. That's what I yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do with art, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, this is. Oh, this is actually one out of one. It's a tin type. I can't remake it. I don't want to sell it. I'm like, well, it's all yeah. this much for <laughs> yeah. it. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe it would hurt less. Uh-huh. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. It's still sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. It's but, tough. Yeah. It's tough letting go. Mm. Yep. yep. Ooh, since you since you all are film nerds, can I just show you one thing? Yeah. Yes. I know we've been talking a while. But I just, I just need someone who will appreciate what I just did. <laughs> oh, it's incredible! Look at this. Oh, oh. Gonna... all of my life's film, all of it. I wow! Love it. And oh. I labeled it. I love by the year uniform and too. Subject. I love yes. that it's uniform. I need to do that with my stuff too. I have them all <laughs> in binder, binders. They're right there i have a whole bookshelf full of my negatives but they're all in like different crappy binders Uh, no 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 yeah that's where i was Mm -hmm. but then it was like binders are triangular so you can't stack them you're right i don't know it's so nasty in there they're all bendy yeah yeah here we go this is the same one as you have right oh yeah yeah it is yeah oh this is this is the prince flex this is my baby there it is oh yeah but yeah, yeah. my negative. <laughs> you know, every, every, it's funny. It's funny because I every I was just talking about this with you, Timmy. Like every New Year's, I'm like, okay, this is the year I'm going to start properly archiving. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I get my negatives back, and I'm like, <laughs> see you negatives. See, I can't do <laughs> that. I gotta at least sleeve them and get them in a binder. And you know, I'm very particular with my. I should be because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel like my partner was like, babe, doing okay. <laughs> 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 but yeah i worked professionally like creating um the archives um for an artist and so in oh yeah in, and also creating their creating the digital archives of their film as well interesting and wow. so, yeah. so it was it was just like i know <laughs> yeah. how to do it i've done it for yeah someone else yeah this summer i actually created like an archive of all of my tin types i feel like it like made all the anxiety go away where it was like oh i know where to totally. find things so yeah that's yeah. on the to-do list do, for me I, yeah yeah i feel like it's like a thing where yeah it's like oh, i did it 2021 was my archive year and i have hashtag yeah. no regrets. so inspiring 
Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. And with the film binder things, I found if you um if you buy a case of them, which is twelve, through Adorama, it's half the price of buying them single. Oh. That's why Oh. Yeah. Good tip. Good tip. That's was, gonna that's gonna Adorama. be done if it, today. <laughs> if it wasn't yeah. if it wasn't Adorama because like they'll go for like seventeen dollars and you can get them for like eight or nine if you buy them in a case yeah i would need a case of them anyway i mean i have like 15 binders or something so yeah yeah and they and yeah i just love a nice organization Mm -hmm. it just feels good yeah next will be organizing my prints oh the flat flat files i don't even want to touch that Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) just let the problem become worse yeah (laughs) oh my god amazing yeah well, Em, this has been this has been so wonderful. Thank you for for taking the time to chat with us. This was a great episode. Yeah. Um, where where can everybody check out you and your work? Yeah, and you and your, if you want to plug the workshops, plug away. Sure, um, you can find me on. No, um, you can. <laughs> my website is www.emwhitephoto.com. Uh, Mwhitephoto.com. Um, I'm on Instagram on underscore slow me down. How to Love it. how to start with that underscore, you know, just to, yeah. yeah. Um, and then and um, I teach uh, workshops at Richmond, Virginia at the Visual Arts Center of Richmond. Awesome. Yeah. Timothy, where are you? Guys, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Timothy Makeups and on Twitter, same handle. Uh, some YouTube stuff. Easiest way to find that is go to the search bar. Just type in Timothy Makeups. You'll find a bunch of my stuff there. Chris, where are you? So I am Chris B. Photo on all the things, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter and Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. And we have a Facebook page and a group you can join and share stuff and talk to each yep. other. And it's beautiful. Oh, cool. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. And thank you. This is great. Thank oh, you. So inspiring. Yeah. Thanks, team. Awesome. all right guys we'll see you in the next one bye Bye. first off chris and i would love to thank m for coming on the show we had such a good time it was just a great nerd out photography fun fest it was a blast we love what you're doing and again we thank you so much guys that's going to take us to patreon head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for only a buck you can get the show two days early We also have our develop and hang nights and some other Patreon exclusive content over there. For the Patreons who already help support the show, guys, we do not know what we would do without you. As I said before, Patreon is the best way to help support the show. If it sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. That's going to be it for this week's episode. Until next week, we will see you with an all new episode. Keep shooting, guys. Have a good one. Later. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.